Hello, everybody. I'm Rob Fredette with HodgePod, a podcast about history. And the last two podcasts, we've been going over the rock group Van Halen. And we have another episode, which I'm looking forward to. And I have my my guest from the previous two episodes, Sean Donovan, back for this one. We're talking Diver Down in 1984. Sean, welcome back again. Hello, 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 hello. <laughs> Thanks for having us. I mean, me. Yeah. Me, I and think, my, me and my split personality. Yeah, I think they Van Halen did that on one of the rock line. Hello, hello, hello. Yes. Hello, hello. <laughs> exactly, yes. A pleasure to be back, having so much fun. I wish we could do this professionally, like, all day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Me too. I am just like, be, I wish I could it would be fun. do this uh and just do this all the time, but we're uh, we do it because we're huge fans, and I hope we hope you've enjoyed the previous two. But this one, we're going to dig deep into uh, Diver Down in 1984, which was the most successful album for Van Halen. Uh, we're going to talk about that, and then um, going to tie up a loose end from the last episode. So, Sean, we were talking about uh, Van Halen going to Orlando at the Tangerine Bowl to open up the opening act for the Rolling Stones. And I know we had talked about whether they had hooked up with the Stones, and it looks like they may have it sometime during that two, that two day stint in Orlando. It was a huge, huge success. So basically, it was a double header that was booked for October twenty fourth and twenty fifth, nineteen eighty one, at Orlando Stadium was the Tangerine Bowl. Sixty thousand people were at the venue for both shows, sold out in a matter of hours. It was rocked. It was dubbed as the Rock Super Bowl number seven. So back then they were playing major rock groups um, in Orlando, dating back to 1977, which included heavy hitters as Fleetwood Mac, Bob Seger, the Eagles, Aerosmith, Hart, and a lot more groups. So there was definitely a lot of uh, action going on. But they did cross paths at some point. The Stones were on their Tattoo U tour. And uh, Mick Jagger was 38 years old at the time, and now he's in his late 70s, which is incredible. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, basically, the crowds were young, really young in Florida, Jagger told the New York Times. The front rows in Orlando were filled with 12- and 13-year-old girls, some of whom were making the most unseemly suggestions. Wow. So what do you think about that? So basically, there was some interaction, I guess. We'll get into that maybe if I can uh, dig into this article here. But uh, pretty interesting, though, that they did cross paths at some point. Oh, absolutely. That would be a lot of fun for for both bands, I would think. What do you say? That was 1981? Yeah, 1981. That was the end of the Fair Warning Tour. Wow. So that, yeah, that would be, you know, if Mick Jagger was 38 at the time. So the Van Halen boys were probably all, what, like mid 20s? Yes. Along that mid late 20s, maybe. Right. So yeah, that would be, uh, that would be a lot of fun. And the Rolling Stones probably, uh, probably a, a good move on their part to, to have Van Halen open up in their, in their prime, so to speak, when they were, you know, the first few albums. I mean, I'm sure that sounded great. That must have been that. Uh, an incredible show to be at huge huge success but they did warm up for the rolling stones one other time in july of 1978 at the louisiana superdome in new orleans van halen's debut album had been certified gold less than two months earlier and the band had been starstruck at the mere sight of the stones 
I couldn't believe it when Mick Jagger walked on stage when we were sound checking at the Superdome. My jaw hit the floor. Bassist Michael Anthony recalled in the book Van Halen Rising. And I got this article for from Ultimate Classic Rock Radio. So they did warm up for them in 1978, but they were definitely uh, at their level or getting there. Uh, you know, the Stones had their most popular album, Tattoo You. So that is pretty awesome. No doubt, no doubt. And both bands at that time, like you said, if that was uh, the Stones' uh, uh, best album or most successful album, then uh, to have Van Halen in there, pretty much in their prime, because after Fair Warning, that was their fourth, their fourth album, I believe, yes. And uh, they were uh, hitting on all cylinders. And there's a uh, famous picture of the um, Van Halen looking out at a huge crowd. That was from the Tangerine Bowl, and that was on the back cover of the Diver Down album. So if you look at the back of the Diver Down album, they're all uh, getting ready to uh, say goodbye to the crowd. Uh, that was from that concert at the Tangerine Bowl. So uh, got that from Ultimate Classic Rock, a great article. But uh, Starstruck at the Stones in 1978, that is pretty awesome. So they were kind of... Uh, mingling with them it looks like so i'm super excited that i did find that but we're going to be talking diver down sean and i guess you could say this album was the album of i guess replaying songs yeah the good old cover album the cover song album <clears throat> actually diver down so i told you previously that fair warning was the first one i bought and then i went and got the other three so fair, i didn't buy fair warning brand new like i wasn't waiting for it I didn't know it existed actually, but um, uh, Diver Down was the first album, Van Halen album that I was waiting for. You know, like when they came out with it, I'm like, I gotta get to the store. And um, yeah, I remember the flip side of the back back cover of the album was that crowd that you're describing, the Tangerine Bowl, and uh, uh, then they had the four pictures of the band members uh, doing different stuff. I loved Alex's drum kit on the back of that album, the black and white. Striped Ludwig, you know, quadruple bass drum set. I mean, he always had, <laughs> you know, more bass drums than he had feet. But uh, um, I loved his drum kits, uh, like live. They were like, these massive things. Um, but uh, that was the first album I was waiting for, and super excited to get it. And again, totally different sound from Fair Warning and anything else, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, it was definitely the cover song album. You know, they had, what, three or four covers on there. Um, so, again, returning to the kinks, right, with uh, We Have All the Good, good Times Gone, I believe. That's correct. You had you know, Pretty had Woman. Pr pretty Woman, and then Dancing in the Streets, I believe, too, wasn't it? Absolutely, and then Big Bad Bill and Happy Trails. Um, those were the five. Um 11, uh, 12 songs, 31 minutes, 4 seconds. So we're staying in that 31 to 34-minute range. Not that I'm saying anything bad about it, but they packed a lot of punch in those 33 to 34 minutes in those albums. And uh, this album was very good, um, even though it was a cover. And they did no, uh, uh, no band or artist any disservice when they did it. They added a different twist. So like the Kink song, Where Have All the Good Times Gone, that sounded good song by the Kinks. But uh, I actually listened to the song before we went uh, to this podcast just a few minutes before, Sean, and Where Have All the Good Times Gone is, I don't know what he does with that guitar. We've talked about that in the first two episodes about uh, Van yep. Halen. I don't know how he makes those sounds, but uh, it's incredible. Oh, yeah. and it adds a different twist to the song. 
Oh yeah, those little whistles he does. Yeah, who, who? Yeah, I couldn't. I'm not a guitarist, so uh, I couldn't even begin to guess what you know what he does. But I know it sounds great, and uh, um, this was about the time. Uh, actually, you know, it was close to the 1984. Actually, when uh, I took up uh, took up the drums, uh, but I didn't think that. Yeah, that was probably closer to '83 than '82. So, but. Uh, yeah, that was uh, Diver Down was it was it was a good one. I love the instrumental piece, uh, Cathedral, um, that he does, and just like playing that. If I don't know if you've seen the video of him playing that, uh, if you ever saw him play it live, where he he uses he's got his left hand on the neck of the guitar with the strings, and then he's using like it looks like the volume knobs, and just turns them up and down, and like moves his hand his left hand, and like doesn't pick anything with his right hand. There's no guitar pick in his hand. He just uses the knobs, turns them up and down at different mm-hmm. speeds or levels or whatever. But, uh, man, what a, what a really cool sound. Cathedral, it's called. And actually, you can... Uh, I saw a bunch of videos on this, but he does one with... Uh, uh, I think it's a birthday for uh, Les Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he does like a birthday celebration. He's at it at that birthday for, for Les Paul. And... Les Paul calls him up on stage and he comes out and he, uh, he opens up with cathedral, you know, and plays that. And that was really cool. Then of course he rips it up and starts getting in there with everything else he does. But, uh, yeah, cathedral's really neat. Definitely got some good songs on it. You know, um, uh, secrets is one of my favorites, believe it or not. It's got that nice rhythm and a nice kind of beat to it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I really enjoy that one. The full bug as well. That's a fun song. And uh, little, little Guitars is cool. I love the drum beat to the beginning of that song. I love the guitar uh, start at the beginning of that song. I just like to put that on a loop and play it like for six hours straight. <laughs> oh, the acoustic, yeah, the little. That yep. is like insane. I, I, it just boggles the mind. But, uh, yeah, that is a great album. Dancing in the Street, of course, Marvin Gaye. And Martha Reeves and the Vendells also did that. And the they added an awesome twist to that song as well. Again, Eddie's uh, guitar work was uh, incredible in that. Just the sounds he made. Uh, I just listened to that as well before, and it's just amazing. Uh, you just pick up little like things. It's just incredible how it adds to the song. Did no disservice to any of those groups. Actually enhanced it, and of course those groups got the royalties from it. And uh, I, that's a lot of kudos to show that Van Halen was a very hardworking band. All right, absolutely. And, um, yeah, you still hear, like, you hear Dancing in the Streets, the Van Halen version on the radio still. You hear Where Have All the Good Times Gone. Of course, Pretty Woman. You know, so those are still, uh, you can still hear any one of those three uh, on the radio today. So, yeah, they definitely didn't do the the original songwriters any injustice, that's for sure. And uh, the album, uh, I got this fact from iHeartRadio. The album is one of Ed, was one of Eddie's least favorite because it featured five covers, which we just covered. He once said, "I'd rather right. I'd rather have a bomb with one of my songs that hit than a hit with somebody else's." But they did an awesome yeah. job with that. Um, Diver Down. What does Diver Down mean? The cover art for the album features a Diver Down flag, red and white which is used when a scuba diver is underwater in the area. I thought it meant distress, so I learned something new with that. I'm not a diver, so uh, in the water. 
So um, I think this is uh, some good information. And like I said, the photo on the back of the album was taken on October 24th, 1981, on stage at the Tangerine Bowl, which we mentioned earlier. Um, they opened for the Stones. So I thought that was uh, pretty awesome. They loved the picture so much, they put it on the back of the album. Yeah, that's really cool. I, uh, you know, as I was younger as a teenager, kid, whatever, I used to love you know, you get a new record album and uh, I love seeing pictures of the band, like doing different stuff. Like sometimes it was just a plain album cover and then on the back if it didn't have anything. Cause it's not like today with social media where you can, you know, you can Google a picture of Eddie Van Halen or, you know, any band or artist or singer you want and thousands of pictures come up. You can get anything anywhere just by tapping on your iPhone. You know, I mean, you had to, you had to wait for that stuff back then, you know, so when they had with it and like on the album sleeves on the inner sleeve of the album, they'd have some stuff too. So I used to love seeing pictures of the band, you know, playing out or doing whatever. But uh, yeah, there was some pretty cool, some pretty cool photos with that uh, that album and that cover. Yes, and uh, you know, Diver Down Again was uh, their fifth album, and uh, let's see here. Basically, they um, really uh, the, the way they uh, the, the guitar work it was really just like just intense um like where have all the good times gone it just uh it really like gets you going and um you know you don't like you said you may hear that song every once in a while on the radio so diver down i guess the band also was getting tired they i I contend in the previous two episodes that they were the hardest working band in rock and roll and uh maybe taking its toll why they did this album this way um you know with the five covers i mean as soon as they would come off tour they would probably start recording and uh, they would bang out another album like they did, and I guess maybe it got to be too much at times. Human nature kicks in, and uh, they still were able to put a great album, even though they did covers. Oh, yeah. I mean, they came out with a new album every year, you know? So you release a new album, and then you got to write the songs, you got to record, you got to rehearse. But I love how you said, I think it was last week, you said, you know, Eddie said, I don't know which album it was. Was it Van Halen? Was it Women and Children First? Women and Children First. Right. And he said, oh, the whole thing took like eight or ten, yeah, fair eight, nine or ten days or something. Yeah. It's like, I don't see any reason why it should take any longer than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he said, we recorded in six and got it done in eight. So that, that, yeah. they, were, they, were all, I, they were all business and they were great businessmen as well as uh, artists think they were uh looking at it from the outside they were definitely uh involved in all decisions with the band and uh you know when they first came out they, you know their original band name was mammoth so uh they changed it to van halen so definitely van halen has that kick i see van halen t-shirts around i always say hey man nice shirt love it so uh i really um i gotta get a van halen t-shirt again so <laughs> you could probably, you, I'm sure you can get, you can get them online anywhere. Yes, you I just, know. Yes. See, that's how easy it is now. You just Google Van Halen t-shirt and like you'll get a million of them. And then once you like look at that site, you'll start getting hit with like texts or emails, <laughs> or, you know, about other, Van, about other Van Halen shirts. And then you'll see one, you'll order one, then you'll see one better later. You'll be like, oh, why didn't I wait and order that? But then, you know, being a Van Halen fan and a grown up and you have a job, you can do whatever you want. So you can buy the second one. And uh, Diver Down spent 65 weeks on the Billboard 200. And uh, by the time in 1998, had four times platinum for sales in excess of 4 million copies. So that is awesome. So Diver Down was the album of covers 
for the, the band. And then everything changed even to a greater stratosphere for the band in 1984. And that is the iconic album cover of a baby holding a cigarette. <laughs> that is terrible. Who would do such a thing? You know, who would do such a thing? You couldn't do that. that is, you couldn't do that today. I know. It's not funny. Yeah. Somebody would offend someone. Something offends everyone somehow with something. So, well, we're going to no, get into be, the album cover a little bit later. So, but, uh, um, what, what do you think about when you think of 1984? Uh, George Orwell. Uh, no, I'm only kidding. <laughs> I think of, I think of, uh, that was, yeah, Van Halen's probably most successful album. And, uh, one of my favorites, of course. And, uh, it was my junior year in high school and I was, very excited to have that Van Halen album uh, come out when I was in high school. So that was like the second one that I was waiting for. You know, once uh, I bought that down, and then uh, <clears throat> when 1984 was released in late, was you you know the research man, so Doctor Rob, I think it was late 1983 when it was released, wasn't it? Yes, it was. I'll, I'll go back and look at it. I will. Uh, yeah, it was late '93. I'll get that stat for us later on while we're moving along here. Um, Jump was released on December 21st, 1984. So it was. There, it was released on January 9th, 1984. The album, January 9th, 1984. But songs, uh, okay. songs so came out in early in '83. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. So the album starts off with a minute seven seconds of the uh, of the little the synthesizer, uh, 1984, and uh, right. it kicks right into Jump, which was their super hit and the most the biggest hit they ever had. Um, and don't forget now, Michael uh, Jackson had an album out with Thriller. We all know who Michael Jackson is, and Eddie Van Halen yep. did a guitar solo on Beat It. And uh, it's funny, yesterday I first. Time I put the radio on yesterday, Beat It came on, and I heard the uh, the guitar riff by Eddie Van Halen, and uh, just uh, got your day going. Got my day going, at least. Yeah, that uh, solo he does in Beat It is, is phenomenal. I mean, I, I, lo- I absolutely love it. What a job. I mean, he's got some cool, some really cool sounds coming out of that, uh, that guitar of his on that one. And, uh Fantastic, fantastic job. And I think he recorded that or he did that because the band wasn't, at the time, recording anything or they were kind of not doing anything, I think. Right. Or they weren't around or whatever. So that's what I had read or heard somewhere before. But uh, So he just went and did it. I don't think he got – did he not get paid for it either? Uh, he did not. Uh, I've read uh, some articles in the past, even before we started doing this podcast. He said for 20 minutes of work, I didn't, I didn't get a penny for it. Um, and, uh, he did not get paid for it, but think about it though. Van Halen was on the rock scene. Michael Jackson at the time of thriller. That was, he's, I think Michael Jackson sold 47 million albums of thriller Whoa. in the eighties. Something wow. like that it was like 40 to 47 million albums of thriller. So you're, he hit a whole new audience with that guitar rift and it put him on the stratosphere. He had the charisma. He had the, he had the looks of a rock star he had um, he had that it factor with uh, anything he did, but when he went with Michael Jackson on Thriller for Beat It, that really put uh, Eddie and Van Halen on the map for people who may have not heard them. And then the 1984 album just like was out of control. 
<laughs> such such an enjoyable enjoyable album, man. A ton of hits on that. I mean, you had Jump, Panama, Hot for Teacher. You know, I'll wait. And you had uh, even like Drop Dead Legs, the great tune. Uh, House of Pain. Um, I even like the little the like the little riff song they do with uh, Top Jimmy is uh, is cool. So, um, but uh, yeah, that's when I first. Yeah, late, uh, yeah, 84 was when I first started to uh, play the drums in uh, high school. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, there were a few, a uh, couple of Van Halen songs that I learned right away that I wanted to play. And that was a lot of fun. And one of them was Jump and the other was I'll Wait. And uh, definitely uh, a lot of, uh, both were very fun songs to, you know, put the stereo speakers behind me, turn it up as loud as possible, and uh, just uh, play along and keep up, so. Definitely two of my favorite uh, favorite songs off that album for sure. Yeah, good stat I got off of uh, Wikipedia for this. 1984 peaked at number two on the Billboard album charts behind Michael Jackson's Thriller. We just talked about that. Wow, yeah. And uh, Jump reached number one as well. Um, Jump, Panama, and Hot for Teacher had videos. I'll Wait did not have a video. That's my favorite uh, Van right. Halen song off that album. One of my top five all-time favorite uh Van Halen songs, just the synthesizer, the drums, the the the, the vocals, just uh, the song sucks you in for about four and a half, five minutes. It's, it's got a different sound than any other song than Van Halen has ever done, in my opinion, and that's why I like it. It kind of sucks you in for four four and a half minutes and uh, gets you going. So, uh, Hoffer Teacher had the one with uh, the bus, which I thought was uh, funny. <laughs> right. And how all the little mini, uh, the little mini band members when they were younger, I thought was that was kind of cool, you know, like they had the, the the younger Eddie and Alex and Michael and David Lee, you know, when they were in school. Remember that, that in the video? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they had the younger, younger, yeah, the, the the younger younger versions of themselves, which I thought was cool. I thought Jump was an awesome video. That video looked like they were having a blast. Yeah, he jumped up uh, high in the air, boy. He did some uh, uh, golly, geez. And then, like, uh, the the way they were twisting with the guitar, Michael Anthony, the synchronized twisting, you know, so that, you know, he had the guitar right. with the twist. And, you know, yeah. you know it was just pretty awesome. Uh, they, they probably had to practice that maybe. I don't know. But uh, a real good uh, stat about the uh, Panama video. I have a, a former boss that I used to work for um, in the food business many years ago, Jim Fisher. And he was at the Providence Civic Center in 1984 during their 84 tour. And the Panama video, Panama Video was filmed on stage Sunday afternoon before their second show at Providence. So, a little bit of trivia. Wait a minute, hold on. So he went to he he went to the Providence show. No, he was he, that's he, the show he worked, he went actually to. he worked there. He worked at the Providence Civic Center. Um, oh, on okay, the food okay. Side, yep. Food service side. So he was oh, uh, wow. he was at that's... Providence. So the Panama video was filmed at the Providence Civic Center in the afternoon before the concert. How funny is this? Talk about a small world. I went to that show. I saw Van Halen in Providence, Rhode Island, in 1984 with David Lee Roth. Like I, that was the the only time I had seen them with David Lee Roth until later when he came back after Sammy. I saw him once, but uh, yeah, I was at one of those shows. I don't think they did a couple shows. They must have done a couple at the time, probably. Uh, I don't remember what day it was. If it was Saturday or Sunday, um, but I went to that show. I was on the floor. It was me and. Uh, two friends from uh, work and we were on the floor. Like we weren't close, close, but uh, 
Yeah, I remember uh, enjoying it uh, very much. And you said you have a do you have a did you have a set list for that concert? Well, we're going to get into a set list of one of the concerts in the '84 tour, but yeah, we're going to get into right. that. So, but uh, you know, real quick, you know, when they film videos, um, this is not uh, Van Halen, but Aerosmith in 1991. I was at the Wang Center in Boston, and Aerosmith did a it was the 10 year anniversary of uh, MTV. And uh, right. I went to the uh, got tickets, and I went to um, the uh, the video. They were going to film the video there, so they had the crowd there. So uh, Aerosmith was on stage with the orchestra. It's on YouTube, and uh, Steven Tyler came down from a uh, platform on a piano. So I they did it like four or five times practice, and the video right. and the orchestra. I mean, it was a huge orchestra. And they ended up, I don't know how long they took, probably about an hour maybe to get it sequenced and things like that with the video. And then at the end of the video, uh, Steven Tyler came out and said something like, you know, I think we're done. And they played like for 30, 45 minutes so they could put a little concert on after that. And I, that was just like insane. I was oh, that like, would be cool. That was like, that was cool. But yeah, it's, it's amazing well, all the work that goes into those videos. Right. Um. So, but yeah, so. They did the Panama video in the Providence Civic Center, so I think that's pretty pretty neat there. So you were at that one of those two shows. So yes, sir. So basically, the um, the album is like really hot. I mean, Van Halen is on the super super stratosphere for uh, their work uh, with 1984. Yeah, Top Jimmy is a great song as well. Jump the music video was awesome. You know, David Lee Roth doing those jumps. So they had a huge tour as well and uh, for 1984. And one of the stops they had was in Indianapolis. And WRTV in Indianapolis in 1984 had this report. It's about a minute, uh, minute and a half. And then we're going to go over uh, the playlist for that concert uh, in Indianapolis. July 5th, 1984, they had two back-to-back shows at the Market Square Arena and here is that news report, and then we'll come back and talk about the uh, set list for that show and then some concert news. And there was actually a concert canceled during that because of technical problems. So here's that report from Ooh. 1984. As early as Friday night, a handful of people were waiting at the Market Square ticket office. Over the weekend, the crowd grew to a few hundred, and today a huge line stretched around the arena. The doors opened at 8 o'clock this morning. Two and a half hours later, all 18,178 tickets had been sold. Fortunately for these people, a second show had been tentatively scheduled. So now Van Halen will be here July 5th and 6th, much to the relief of people who spent the night here waiting for good tickets. Well, I was in line from 11 o'clock last night. And you got tickets finally? Yeah, I got tickets, thank God. Last night, wow. 11 o'clock. Spent 11 the night out here? Yeah, yeah. Food, yeah. Those, too. <laughs> yeah. You think this is all going to be worth it? Yeah, yeah. it's going to be great. Ben Hale is my favorite group. Less than eight hours after the box office opened, both shows were sold out, more than 36,000 tickets. Why all the excitement? Van Halen with Eddie Van Halen and lead singer David Lee Roth are currently number three on the rock charts with their hit, Jump. Jump, jump. Jump. 
And as people jumped in line for $12.50 tickets, the business in the box office was non-stop. In eight years, Jane Zahn says this is one of the biggest crowds she's seen. This is a little larger than I think I've seen since I've been here, maybe since Elvis Presley was here. With more than 36,000 people wanting tickets, there were bound to be some disturbances. But police and security personnel say it was limited to some partying and an incident of bottles being thrown off the roof last night. They described the crowds as being well-behaved. Most of these people didn't know about the new computerized ticket system. All ticket locations are now tied into a computer that prints tickets individually, giving buyers at each location a chance at the best seats available. Pretty funny, huh? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Man, $12.50 for a ticket. $12.50, and you hear them, yeah, 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 Van Hill's the best. That's us back then. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that really that's us right now. <laughs> I know, you yeah. Know? I like the, no, I li- that's, that's awesome. I like the part, though. Uh, uh, people uh, drinking and then uh, throwing bottles off the roof. You know anybody who might have done that? <laughs> nope. Nope. Never threw a bottle in my life. Nope. No reason to. Oh, you know, man. I would. Put it in the trash receptacle. Oh, my <clears throat> goodness gracious. So that July nope. 5th concert in Indianapolis. So uh, there is a site called setlist.com. If you ever want to go look at your rock, uh, your favorite group, I think they can have this for you. So setlist.com has information on like the set list for uh, concerts. And it's pretty interesting uh, about this. Um, so from setlist.com, Unchained starts it off. On July 5th, Sean, your favorite all-time song. Then they go with Hot for Teacher, a drum solo, On Fire, Running with the Devil, Little Guitars, Cathedral, House of Pain, Jamie's Crying, my favorite, I'll Wait, my third favorite Van Halen song, Everybody Wants Some, Girls Gone Bad, 1984, Jump, Guitar Solo, Oh Pretty Woman, Panama, You Really Got Me, and Ain't Talking About Love. 20 songs. So if you break it down, nine, seven songs from 1984, first album, Van Halen, four songs. They had three solos. They always did solos during their concerts. Right. Um, Diver Down, two, two from the previous cover album. They did two covers, and that was You Really Got Me and Old oh Pretty Woman. Fair Warning had one, Unchained, to kick it off the, that night. Women and Children First, Everybody Wants Some. Nothing from Van Halen 2. Oh, I didn't, you know, it is unbelievable. Nothing from Van Halen 2 on that July 5th. I wonder how they get to songs and how they check, you know, decide which songs they're going to play. I always find that interesting, like what songs they're going to play. And, but uh, pretty good, pretty good mix there. Oh, absolutely. And what a way to open it up with Unchained. I love that song. Oh, I love that tune. That's my favorite. I remember them playing, uh, that I also remember them playing Everybody Wants Some because I remember Al, you know, starting out with the drums and like waving to everybody, you know, waving to the crowd. David Lee Roth was coming out talking, talking something about something, what it was, I don't remember, but uh, I remember Eddie playing his uh, solo and I could see, uh, you know, the girls, the women were throwing uh, roses up on stage when he was playing his solo. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you can't have a – of course, you're going to have a guitar solo at a Van Halen concert, which is awesome. And uh, love watching Alex beat the crap out of the drums live. Yeah, I remember uh, – yeah, that's totally awesome. 
uh, I'll Wait. So they had seven songs from 1984. Usually that's what they do, but no songs from Van Halen 2. So every you know set list was different. I think it's pretty right. cool, but uh, I like reading about like what they played back then um, You know, for certain shows. So we're going to get into uh, just a couple things from the concert tour itself. There was one show on January 31st, 1984, Johnson City, Tennessee, Freedom Hall Civic Center, canceled equipment failure, technical issues. So those people must have been really not happy about that. And they had a band that warmed up from them, the One Hit Wonder. You remember that group, Autograph? Oh, yeah. Turn up the yeah. radio. Yeah, they did that. Uh, they, yeah, they opened in, uh, in Providence. They opened up one. Yes, they did. And your Providence there. show. Yeah. Let me see. Uh, I'm going down the set list. Your Providence show was... March 17th, March 18th, 1984. You are correct. Yay. Do you have the set list? Do you have the Van Halen set list? No, I just had so the that, one no. from uh, our friends up in uh, Indianapolis, the one that we just played. Right. But I will, yeah. I will get that to you off air. I will definitely get your set list to you off air. So, But they were uh, going nonstop again. They were playing back-to-back nights, and uh, it was just insane. Autograph was one of the bands, and a band called the Velcros. Tried to find them on uh, iTunes, couldn't find any songs from them. But that one song, Turn Up the Radio by Autograph, is a pretty awesome song for a one-hit wonder band. Yeah, that was a great one. Definitely a great one. Nice and and loud. Good, good, uh, Good anthem song, good crowd song, you know? So they played also at the end of their 1984 tour. They played in the Monster Monsters of Rock, Motley Crue, Y&T, oh, wow. except Gary Moore, Ozzy Osbourne, Van Halen, and ACDC. In that Stockholm, would be a lot of fun. In Stockholm, Sweden, Motley Crue, August 25th, 1984, Motley Crue, Van Halen, ACDC. That must have been a crazy, crazy concert. So oh, that would be a lot of fun. <laughs> Oh my goodness! I I I guess those concerts were loud too. I guess a lot of the music critics don't like loud music or loud concerts. Nah, that's why they're critics. You know, they're too critical of everything. Yeah, the, uh, so Van Halen played they, three you know. three nights in Houston, Texas. That tour, Dallas, man, they were all over the place. Inglewood, California. Uh, they used to go see Led Zeppelin at the at the Forum in uh, in the seventies. Um, so they're playing the place where they saw, you know, they used to go see concerts at the, uh, forum in Inglewood, California, where the Lakers played. So, um, they were right. just all over the place, man. And I would love when, I would love when a band would add a, a second show. Like if they, you know, sold out one and you're like, oh man, you couldn't get tickets for it. Dan Halen announced his second show. And you're like, yes. Yeah. Well, that was always fun, man. Waiting in lines for, waiting in lines for tickets, waiting in lines for record albums. I mean. Those are the good old days. And None you know, of this, you know, I'll just point and click on my computer or tap my iPhone, you know. The good old days when you actually had to physically wait outside for concert tickets. <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, we talked about the uh, the cover for the of the baby holding a cigarette with angel wings. So yes. the cover work was created by graphic artist Margot Nahas. It was not specifically commissioned. Nahas had been asked to create a cover that featured four chrome women dancing but declined due to creative difficulties. Her husband brought her portfolio to the band anyway, and from that material they chose the painting of a puto stealing cigarettes that was used. The model was Carter Helm, who was the child of one of Nahas's best friends, whom she photographed holding a candy cigarette. 
The front cover was censored in the UK at the time of the album's release. It featured a sticker that obscured the cigarette in the Pudo's hand and the pack of cigarettes. The back cover features all four band members individually with 1984 in a green futuristic font. So it was the cover was banned in the UK, but uh, I don't think you could get away with a cover in, in 2022. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. It's one of the most iconic rock covers ever. When you see that cover, you know it's Van Halen. I could look at rock covers from bands, and, I, and if you didn't tell me who the name of the band, I couldn't tell. But Van Halen, that album cover, I would guarantee you 99 out of 100 people would get it. Absolutely, yes, sir. But I, I was, uh, you'll be interested to see if there was uh, any uh, people who were uh, not liking the fact that a baby was holding a cigarette. I'm looking at it right now, and the baby's just like looking over like, I don't care what you think, I'm smoking this cigarette. <laughs> Start him off young, right? Yeah, he has a pack of, it looks like he has a pack of heavy stuff, and then he's got a light pack. But uh, really interesting on that um, album cover. It's uh, in Roman numerals on the top left corner and right corner. And uh, Van Halen at the very top with a nice little light blue and uh, baby with blonde hair. So um, as far as 1984, um, let's see here. We have uh, House of Pain, again, was a song by Van Halen played during their club days in the mid-'70s. So that song was in their playlist or had with the band well before 1984. And then uh, and the band performed part of Girl Gone Bad in the middle of Somebody Get Me a Doctor during their 1982 tour. So it's pretty interesting. Um, oh, no kidding. Yeah. And I remember seeing something on YouTube. It was uh, – Maria Shriver was interviewing Valerie Bertinelli and Eddie Van Halen in the early 80s. I think it was like 1981 and 1982. And they're interviewing, and Eddie was playing the guitar, and I could have sworn he was playing on the guitar Panama. So if I'm not mistaken, that was two years before the album came out. So he had already had that um guitar, you know, piece already set before the album came out. And, uh, you know, it would be really cool, too, if they came out with uh, an album of demos. You ever listen to demos of any groups, you know, before they come out with the real album? Oh, no. Like the Beatles have one. Uh, they have songs from, like, seven takes of one song, and sometimes the takes sound better than the original song that was actually put out for the public. Stone Temple Pilots have a good one, uh, good uh you know, demos, uh, Phil Collins has some really good demos and they, sometimes they put them on the albums and it's really interesting to see how they, how they do. Yeah. Those. That'd be really cool. I know, uh, I think I said this previously, um, saw an interview with, uh, guys from MTV. I forgive me if I get his name wrong. Is it Kurt Loder? Kurt Loder. Yeah. Name? He used to do MTV news. Yeah. Desk. Yeah. Yeah. He was, uh, he was with Eddie in the, in this 5150 studio. And uh, they were just walking through, and he was showing them. <coughs> excuse me, he was showing them. Eddie was showing them different, you know, rooms and different places and all that kind of stuff. And he had these like wall full of like these tapes that you could that just look like it stretched from, you know, floor to ceiling or whatever. They all kinds of demo tapes, and just I would I would love to be able to like listen to any of that stuff, stuff that he just recorded that no one's heard, you know. 
Yeah, I, if they put like out demos of songs that they never maybe if they had songs they didn't record, or if they have demos of songs, I guarantee you that would sell big time. That that I, I I'd be buying it, listening to it, and um, you know also when you think about the 1984, you know the social media wasn't there, but uh, MTV was, and, and those videos just like catapulted great songs into a different orbit. And I thought that um, you know Van Halen really got a new audience with that 1984. It was kind of more of a pop album than their other ones. Yes. But uh, it is no means. It was a rock album, but it had a pop feel to it. And uh, they branched out again to another audience. I mean, you hear Jump on the Radio, people go crazy like when they play it at sporting events. Right. And Panama is one of my all-time favorites, too. That song is a lot of fun. Um that's the, the video, videos, yeah. Yeah, that's the video where he's like in a harness and he's got a, yeah. a boombox and he's you know right. like a pendulum going back and forth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep, yep. The one and that they, was filmed uh, at the Providence Civic Center. What are, what are the chances of that? And I was there that weekend. If that's true, I was there that that uh, for those days or whatever. Just didn't know that happened. That's all. Well, you know, just think about it. They did a video. Okay, that probably didn't, didn't take like thirty minutes. That probably took a couple of hours. And then you got to get geared up and ready to go for a concert. I mean that 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 they were they were they were so hardworking. I mean they were they were definitely totally into what they did. I, I know I've said it in the previous two episodes, but it's amazing no the work that they put in, the music that they put out with David Lee Roth in those six albums was just incredible. And then eventually David Lee Roth left the band. I uh, know that was a that was a heartbreaker when that stuff didn't work out. Man, this has been a ton of fun talking uh, Van Halen with David Lee Roth, who's the front man, and we're gonna do Sammy too coming up soon. I think, aren't we? Yeah, we're gonna do Sammy soon, and I'm gonna try to get another guest on. So there's three of us, uh, so we can really talk. And then at the end, we'll do like a Van Halen mashup. Uh, where we'll just go free for all, clear up some loose ends uh, that we did maybe we're not able to do, uh, but oh, really cool. give um, you know our top five. If have you had a chance to uh, give your top five Van Halen songs? If you could do it off uh, the top of your head, off the top of my head, I could do it. But I've, uh, I've also changed my mind forty-seven times because uh, I just love so many of them. But uh, you want my uh, if I could pick top five right now. Yeah, if you want top five, go ahead and I'll I'll give you mine. Uh, if you want, I'll give I'll 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 go ahead and uh, if you want me to give you, I'll give you mine. You go ahead. You go. You go first. You're the uh, you're the you're the uh, hostess. The hostess right. with the most. So Jamie's crying. Number one. Hear about it. Le- oh, Jamie's crying off of Van Halen. Number one. Hear about it later. Fair warning. Number two. I'll wait. Nineteen eighty four. Number three. Feel your love tonight. Number four. Off of Van uh, first album. And then is this is love, uh, fair warning number five. And if I had to throw a wild card in there, I love uh, you're no good on um, Van Halen too. The cover uh, that just uh, just the way the background vocals, uh, you never go wrong with any of those songs. So those would be my top five. Oh, very good. I would go. I would go Unchained. With number one, I would go Panama. I would go Ain't Talking About Love. I would go Crater Will Rock. Hmm. And then to wrap it up, I would go with Feel Your Love tonight. Wow. 
That's that totally different. See, two 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 great Van Halen fans, and everybody's got their top five. Now, if you ask me my top five tomorrow, Unchained would still be number one, but I might switch up the other four. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. Yeah, and then uh, we're gonna uh, get into uh, the uh, Van Halen uh, albums with Sammy Hagar. I hate it when people say Van Hagar. I can't stand that when people say that. Nah. They just say it. Doesn't I know, anything, but you know, <laughs> Sammy. Sammy added a new. Don't let it bother you. Don't at, let it bother Sammy you added a new twist, and I we'll get into that. But we're going to get into uh, fifty-one fifty OUN eight one two and four uncommon carnal knowledge. But unlawful, carnal unlawful, knowledge. unlawful. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, unlawful. So Where that nasty word comes from. Yeah, That's I know. Four letter word. <laughs> this is a clean show, but yes, you are correct. Fudge. I'm yeah. not saying anything. And then, uh, you know, the Van Halen song got longer when Sammy was there. So they're they did. They did. To, That'd be four. fun to do. So we'll do that next week. Yeah, we'll do that. And then uh, the mashup one's going to be good. We're not going to go in with any um, outline or anything like that. We're just going to just get off our mind, and then we're going to close that out. But, uh, Sean, this was a lot of fun. As always, Diver Down. Um, and if anybody has a top five of Van Halen, please email hodgepodallin at yahoo.com and I will read your top five Van Halen songs, David Lee Roth era. You can follow us or follow us on uh, Hodgepod with Rob Fredette. Um, I'm on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all podcast platforms. I appreciate those who have listened. And Sean, I've even had some uh, listeners on the podcast from faraway countries which i find awesome very cool that's outstanding so we are now world renowned renowned yes world we, famous we, i don't know we're going to be uh world world renowned soon so sure, uh, there you go but uh yeah we're going to be uh we're just fans but we love doing this so uh yeah it's been awesome 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 fun all right. and i love uh all those van halen fans keep listening to van halen and if you're kind of semi-new download all their music Yes, download all their music. And what's great about having uh, Apple Music or Spotify or uh, Amazon Music, you're able to download and play any song you want anytime. Some days I just hit Hear About It Later or I'll play I'll Wait or I'll play Jamie's Crying, whatever you want. It's at your fingertips, and that's what makes it fun. So until next time, remember we're going Sammy Hagar with Van Halen. It's going to be 5150 and OU182. And thank you very much, Sean, again. And we will see you next week. Thanks again, Sean. My pleasure. Have a good night.